Welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and we have with us today CEO at Megan Lamke Real Estate, Megan Lamke herself. Megan, how you doing? I'm outstanding, and thanks so much for having me, Dan. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Really excited to dive in here. I'm sure that you'll provide tremendous value to our viewers. So before we get into what you do, I want to know who you are. So tell our viewers, who is Megan Lamke? Sure. I'm Megan Lamke. I'm a serial entrepreneur, a wife, a mom, a yachting and sailing enthusiast. I love giving back to our community and love being outdoors. Awesome. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got first involved in uh, commercial real estate investing. Sure. I got involved in commercial real estate investing, um, like many people, through residential investing. I became an accidental landlord when my husband and I purchased our first property and then convinced all of our rugby teammates to come live with us and essentially became <laughs> house hackers and implemented the burst strategy. Uh, I continued to go to real estate networking events and um, as we started to to build our family, I started showing up at these events super pregnant and kept networking with commercial brokers and people in the commercial real estate space and said, how do I exit my corporate nine to five job and transition into commercial real estate investing? Met a lot of great mentors that really helped me identify the fastest and easiest ways to do that through multifamily syndication. Um, my husband and I started as passive investors after we got all the way out of debt and then started to participate in syndications on our own with great mentors that we met along the way. Awesome. So you made that exit, exit from corporate America, which again, congratulations. That's awesome. I love that. Such a great feeling. And you're getting involved in commercial real estate by virtue of house hacking, which is how I got my start too. I've been joking with my my last two guests that you know I, I call uh, single family residential house flipping, I call that a gateway drug into commercial real estate. And, it really uh, is. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really. It's. It's great. It's a great way to get started. So, walk us through the next steps. So, you're going to these meetups. You're meeting a lot of people. You're networking. What are your next steps in your your journey as a commercial real estate investor? So, our next steps at that point, um, when we were just starting to passively invest. Uh, we were looking at, okay, we're all the way out of debt. We paid off our mortgage. Do we want to continue to buy duplexes? Do we want to continue to buy um, single family homes? Or should we take all of our equity and just passively invest in as many syndications as possible? And that's what we did. Looking forward five years from now, we're going to continue to do the same thing. Continue to pull together teams, continue to purchase multifamily assets, continue to participate in syndications, whether that's um, storage solutions or mobile home parks, and continue to build our portfolio so that we can make a huge impact. Awesome. So most of your investing now, is that as a limited partner? Nope, as a general partner. So one of the things that I did as the help to help with the transition from uh, my corporate job to becoming a GP is I took all of my marketing and sales acumen and experience and went to general partnerships that had great great uh, portfolios and great track records and said, hey, my 10 plus years, 15 plus years is in sales and fast growing companies and marketing automation. You could really improve some of your investor relations. How would I bring this on as a value add to your general partnership and help with that investor relation piece? In exchange, will you give me a share of the general partnership? And so that's how we were able to grow really quickly as I just took all of those sales and marketing skills that I had from the corporate world and transitioned them into a value add component in 
uh, commercial real estate. Awesome. I love that. I think that it's all about adding value. And, and anyone who, especially yeah. who's getting started off in the industry, in the business, if you can go to somebody that you want to work with and, and say the following, how can I add value to you? That's always the best mm -hmm. way to start a relationship because you're coming to the table with something that maybe uh, you can exchange for something else. Something that's valuable to someone else can provide you with something that's valuable to you. So kudos to you for using that as an end to these partnerships. So, you know, you've been doing this for a while. Uh, from what I read, I mean, at this point, fast forward to today, and you've got ownership in 2,225 units, totaling over $531 million. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, we've really been on a whirlwind trajectory. It, it definitely looks like a, a hockey stick of exponential growth, which is exciting. Wow. And Wow, good for you. And how long did that process take? Well, we sold our house in April 2019 and then quickly went through a proof of concept. And it's been two years, almost almost two years to the date. Wow, come on, two and years, so, yeah. over 2,000 units. Wow. Well, anybody who says you can't scale quickly, the proof is in the pudding. That's <laughs> absolutely incredible. Okay. Wow. Well, that's that's mind blowing. I don't even know what to say. Um, I do have some questions for you. I mean, you got into sure. this industry at at, a, at an, an auspicious time, right? I mean, 2019, mm -hmm. I'm sure, was great for you. 2020 has been an incredible year for people for so many reasons. You know, I'm no longer invested in the uh, residential space. I kind of say thankfully, mm -hmm. but you know, obviously, everybody has their reasons mm -hmm. for for enjoying what they do or, or being in a specific space. But you know, across the country, there were eviction moratoriums there were issues with you know mortgage abatement rent abatement uh people weren't paying rent how did you guys navigate 2020 and what did that mean for your business yeah well i'm really grateful that we took a different approach than a lot of my peers in the industry we primarily focused on class a assets mm -hmm. that were just simply mismanaged or purchasing them directly from developers so we didn't have huge bridge debt or a ton in our portfolio that was class c value add uh, and the tenants that would come with that so i'm thankful for that number one and number two we chose to prioritize personal relationships and people over profits and ended up being more profitable. So what I mean by that is with all of our tenants, we said, how can we help you? We know 2020 is crazy. Let's figure out how to add value to you. So we networked with local nonprofits. We made sure that every single one of our tenants knew where a food shelf was, knew how to supplement their income with things from Fervor, or Upworks, or VIP Kid, or contacting um, placement agencies to get temp work so they wouldn't feel the pinch if, God forbid, they um, lost their employment. Um, and then the other thing that we did is we provided Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University to every single one of our tenants wow. um, as a way to say, we are for you. If you need help budgeting and making your dollar stretch, here's a resource that my husband and I have personally used, and it's benefited us tremendously. And we just want to continue to bless you. And if this helps you get through this crazy year, great. And we had an amazing adoption rate amongst our tenants. And the tenants that did implement using Financial Peace University ended up paying their rent in full on time throughout all of 2020. It was absolutely remarkable. Wow, good for you. That's really great. And you know, I love what you're saying about prioritizing people over profit. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that on this show. And myself personally, I've noticed that when I focus on people instead of profit and on providing value, 
Number one, the dollars just follow, right? It just works out like you're saying. But number two, it's so liberating because I'm not really focusing Mm -hmm. on a job per se. I'm focusing on a service and on providing value. And that really makes the work so much more enjoyable and so much lighter, I would say. Exactly. And at the end of the day, this is a people business. You're you're in business because you like interacting with people and providing value or service in some aspect. And so the more you can build upon those relationships, the better. Absolutely. And you know, you've mentioned in some of our discussion about impact investing. I'm wondering if you can tell our viewers what that is and, and, and what type of results you've gotten from that. Sure. Impact investing is just the ability to pull together resources and make a financial impact or an economic impact. So some of the ventures that we've been are helping single mothers through the Jeremiah program in Minneapolis, um, fight multi-generational poverty through Venture, which is an organization that helps rescue women and children from sex trafficking in Southeast Asia. So in 2020, we rescued over a thousand girls and provided them microfinancing and mental health resources and reconciliation um, services. And now they're thriving entrepreneurs. They're going through leadership and development. Some have aspirations to go into politics to help affect change in the countries that they're a part of. And so it's just really, really exciting to be a part of that empowerment. And then the last piece that we do from an impact investing um, standpoint is we make sure that we're lowering the carbon footprint in every single apartment building that we're a part of. So we're implementing low-fold toilets, low-fold faucets, um, simple things that can make a really big difference for the planet. Awesome. So you've really got a lot of of, of mission behind what you're doing, which is really great. And I can tell that, you know, your passion really comes out when you talk about that. So good for you in that regard. So look, let's turn it back to the actual commercial real estate 2021 and beyond. How do you see the commercial real estate market faring? Do you think that we're headed for a major correction? You know, it's hard to say. I think that um, when we look historically at what happened in 2008, the default rate for commercial real estate was extremely minimal, less than 1%. Um, So when we're looking ahead, obviously, we're in a bear market instead of a bull market. Um, But that doesn't mean that there's just going to be this flood of uh, deals that are ridiculously priced low. There's still going to be competition in the market. Um, But I think that more and more um, mom and pop operators, owner operators, are struggling, especially with the eviction memorandums. And so that's where I think there's going to be the most growth in commercial real estate. Um, I also think that there's going to be a lot of growth in taking hotels um, and converting them into affordable housing. Absolutely. In fact, my last guest just talked all about that, about a deal that he did converting a hotel in Sierra Vista into a multifamily. I think there's tremendous opportunity there. And, you know, uh, to your point, during a recession or during a correction, rental rates don't go down, right? People still need a place right. to rent. And in fact, many times there are more renters in the market because people have lost the ability to purchase homes. You know, So aside from the rental moratoriums, which can have devastating impacts on owners, um, you know, I think that there is tremendous opportunity whether we continue in a market that's having an upward trajectory or we do see a bit of a correction. So, you know, I think that we're in a good space regardless. And then, you know, obviously we are looking at, you know, unfortunately a situation where there are a lot of distressed owners there, especially a lot of distressed multifamily owners be- 
because of the fact that they've now had to start paying on their mortgages, but in many cases they they cannot collect rent or haven't been able to collect rent mm-hmm. for for quite some time. So you know I think that it's it's a market to keep our eyes on, and there's definitely opportunity that's going to continue on the horizon. So look, I mean I'm I'm just I'm in awe again. 2,225 units, 531 million plus in assets, and we're talking what 23, 24 months. So I would love to say, looking back over your lengthy career, what have you learned? But let's just say, looking back at your successful career, if you could start again tomorrow in real estate investing, what would you do differently, and why? I don't know. I feel like we've had such a great trajectory that it's hard to pinpoint one thing that I would have done differently. I think just take more action. That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. Most people decide, um, you know, I'm going to have analysis paralysis and get as much education as possible for a long period of time. If I had to start all the way over again, um, when we started house hacking way back in 2011, I would have started investing in multifamily syndications then. Uh, it just make, it makes so much sense, especially if we were in the same spot as we were now, where my husband and I qualified as accredited investors, had great income, starting to invest sooner rather than later in syndications to just help offset some of that tax burden would have made a big difference. Sure. And you know what's incredible for me, Megan, is that like, you know, sitting on this side of the studio, I, I get the opportunity to hear from so many different experts and so many different facets of commercial real estate. And really, there's a lot of overlapping concepts, and one of them is take massive action and take action sooner. So mm-hmm. I hope that the viewers who are watching this can understand that this isn't just one piece of advice you've heard from one person. This is an underlying motif that we've heard from so many experts in so many different fields, and it's really important to take note of. So look, we've got about a minute left. You've really done a great job of jam-packing this episode with value. Let's turn in the tables a little bit. Any questions that you have for me? I think where where do you see most commercial real estate um, syndicators? Where do you think they're struggling, or where do you think they're going to struggle in twenty twenty one? How uh, if you're playing to win, if you're playing to differentiate, what kind of play do you have right now? In terms of the actual syndicator putting together the fund, or the investors mm-hmm. that are limited partners, the syndicator putting together the fund. Yeah, I think that that credibility is super important, right? Because I've talked to a lot of investors on a regular basis who tell me for every 20 syndicators they talk to, 19 of them are just, you know, they check them off the list, not interested. So I think that that credibility and building relationships is super important. So I I think that that's a challenge that if someone steps up to the plate and really can create those strong relationships, when you've got an investor who's seen success with you, you have a potential client for life. So I think that that's really important. Awesome. Cool. And last, I always like to know, how are you and your organization giving back and making a difference with your business? Great question. So I'm giving back by helping people and training them to become top commercial real estate brokers, taking my experience, the things that I've learned and helping to give back. And I'm doing that through a course that we're launching in about two weeks called the CRE Pro Course, which is designed to teach people everything they need to know to become top commercial real estate brokers, something I'm very passionate about. Awesome. Well, hey, Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. This was really a great experience and tremendous value that you added. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. I'm Dan Lukowitz. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. If there's anything I can do to add value, please reach out. I'm happy to help in any way I can.